Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news relating to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. And now, here is your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Good to have you here with us. It is Monday, 13th, 2016. Looking forward to this podcast as I do each week to come here and be with you. It's such an honor and privilege to be a part of the way you get your news and talk about what's going on in the industry. So much going on in the industry. By the way, sorry, uh, sorry for that audio, low audio when we first started that the opener there. People going, "Did are you there? What's going on? Anyway, a little bit different. Anyway. It's good to have you with us. Again, this is another podcast. Welcome uh, you to it. We're a, a podcast that's created. We're a broadcast podcast created by mortgage professionals for mortgage professionals, and we're the proud recipient of the Progress in Lending Award, Innovation Award. We're honored and blessed to have that. Uh, yes, we are not professional broadcasters. You quickly will pick up on that, on this. But we are industry professionals, and we love bringing you what's going on, what's going on in the industry. As many of you know, I started this because at the end of the day, I just got tired of reading stuff. A little dyslexia there, and so the eyes get tired. So I started looking for a podcast. Couldn't find one. So over seven years ago, I talked Alice, Joe, Andy, and our group to come together and get on a podcast with me. I said, we're not going to advertise it. We may never get any listeners. Well, that is sure change. We have over 400,000 downloads of our podcast, hundreds of thousands of listeners across the industry. And we're honored that you make this a part of your way of getting staying up to date on what's going on. Appreciate so many of the comments. This is our give back. This industry has been good to me. It's our give back to an industry and saying, boy, how can we help this industry stay current? So it's our way of giving back. We're honored to have you be a part of that. Today on the Hot Topics segment, you know that's the second half of the program we have every week, we have a Father's Day special. Next week is next Sunday is Father's Day. Of course, we have a podcast following that, but we wanted to do a Father's Day special in advance of this. So we will be focusing on uh, talking about how to manage both a successful professional life and a personal life, and no better one to tell us about how they've done it than Mitch Kider, a frequent guest on our radio program. And we've invited Mitch and his three sons, Teddy, Jack, and Sam. Now, I was looking for the sound bite, uh, the music to my uh, my three sons. It's the old Meg, Ed McMurray, I mean Fred McMurray uh, program. I could not get that downloaded in a way that worked, but I was going to play that at the opening of their segment. But it's really a privilege to have Mitch, who many of you know as a regular in the industry, I mean regular on our program and an industry leader addressing many of the issues that we are facing legislative, regulatory, all the issues, and many of you use him as legal counsel. And I encourage you to listen to this podcast because how is someone as busy and as time-challenged as Mitch is raised three boys, all of which are doing extraordinarily well, and now are in their own professional work-life balance challenges and facing it, but what a great example Mitch has been. So I thought it would be great to have them all come on the radio, and we're going to be talking about that with them on the Hot Topic segment. Looking forward to it. Also, I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors. We have ArchMI, the creator of the new innovative RateStar program. We also have Motivity Solutions with the business intelligence uh, that has uh, it's built in, tied into your LOS system. So you have real-time reporting, dashboards, and scorecards. Also, Velma, which stands for the Virtual Electronic Marketing Assistant. They're the ones that get the word out uh, to all of you via emails. They have the set it and forget it email campaigns. And they also have the custom campaigns you could do on the fly. Check them out at Velma, V-E-L-M-A dot com, or call Brent Emler at 208-854-7909. Simplifile, Nancy, Allie, and the folks over there do a great job of really helping you communicate in a real-time chat and messaging format with your closing agents and everyone involved in these transactions at the end of the transaction. Where does all the crunch happen? Where does all the problems of communications happen? It happens at the end. And that real-time back-and-forth electronic communications that Simplifile offers is much of a solution, is about the best solution you can come up with for ways to stay 
in top of what's happening and the most cr- time-crunching part of it. And the best of all, it has a complete auto, uh, audit trail. Get that out of here in my mouth. It's not audio trail, a complete audit trail uh, of all communications. So learn more about it. Go to Simplifile, S-I-M-P-L-I-F-I-L-E.com. Or call 1-800-460-5657 and ask to speak to Nancy Alley or any of the team over there. Great group. Also, DNH is a sponsor. I want to say thank you to them. They're moving your world forward through technology. They have been in business for 140 years. That's amazing. And they employ over 5,500 people worldwide, supporting 8,000 clients in 70 countries. That was a statistic I was not aware of until they started advertising, doing some background check. Now, most of us know them by way of their MortgageBot product. It's an all-in-one LOS system. I encourage you to check it out at www.mortgagebot.com or call them at 1-800-815-5592. Also, thank you to the Mortgage Collaborative. Very proud to be a part of that. And this is, again, a community of mortgage professionals, leaders. We get together twice a year, but we also work together closely. And in, in this industry, it's oftentimes, as you know, it's not so much what you know, it's who you know. Or is that as much as what you know, it's who you know. It's probably the better way to say that. But anyway, check them out. Mortgage Collaborative or get a hold of Rich Zerbinski at 440-552-0691. The power of the network, Mortgage Collaborative. Good to have you all with us. Again, thank you to Alice, Joe, and um, Andy Shell, who are not going to be with us today. But uh, we also have... Uh, Paul dialing in and Sam Garcia here with us. So Alice Alvey, now I've got to scramble and find Alice. Alice was on, uh, there you are, Alice. I'll turn on your microphone. I was just, I know you were just in a meeting, so thanks for dialing in. Good to have you with us. What, uh, well, normally we go to show four. I'm so sorry. I'm all just, I don't know what it is today, but let's see as we introduced you, Alice. Let's go ahead. You start with you first, and then we're going to go over to Joe Farr. So we'll switch it up a little bit. What you got, Alice? Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Wow, we're really going to throw people off who, like, have this routine on how they listen to it. They go, okay, it's going to be Joe, and then it's going to be Paul, and then it's going to be Alice. So, all right, folks, well, you're going to have me first. I am yes, not going to be yes, giving the market update. It's all about Joe. Awesome. So um, I just want to give you a, a few quick things on the news. Um, the CFPB did publish their webinar, their e-regulations, and this is so far turning out to be a pretty good tool. We're still kicking the tires on it, as we say around here. Um, it has most, but not all of the regulations. There's certainly quite a few of them that you'll have to go to other websites for, but it does actually make things a lot easier. Um, you know, especially if you're working with documents, you want to link to things within your policies and procedures, so you don't have to rewrite and repeat everything. Uh, now that the CFPB has a stable place for these, it'll make all of that easier to manage your own documents. Um, the CFPB, I'm sorry, the uh, National Association of Realtors issued a. Um, uh, three things that they want to make sure are being addressed uh, by the CFPB. Um, they're experiencing that more than half of the realtors are reporting problems. They think that 50% of them have reported findings and missing concessions and incorrect names on the closing disclosure. So this is the National Association of Realtors speaking up in part on our behalf as well on having problems with the CD deliveries. Now from their vantage point, um, certainly they want to be involved. So they're saying that there's this privacy issue. I will tell you from a regulation standpoint, uh, for lenders to um, be able to give the closing disclosure to a borrower, you do have to be careful. There's personal information on there, um, and it should not be given to the realtor if you have, a, you know, even sometimes with an authorization, it's a little bit dicey. So. Um, we want to make sure that it's the borrower who's passing their closing disclosure to the realtor. Uh, I'll, since we have Mitch on the show, maybe we can even ask him about that, Dave. <laughs> so, uh, but, so that's one of the challenges right now we're facing in the industry is just kind of, can I give it to the realtor? Can the realtor, uh, can the borrower give waive their rights to privacy and say to the lender, go ahead and give it to the realtor? I'm going to say that's case by case at each company on how good your controls are in place and if you've ever had some privacy problems in the past. Um, secondly, we are, FHA is now um, going to be leaving upfront MIPs up to us within Total Start, and that's supposed to be effective pretty soon. Um, so, uh, Sandy, you have to be looking that up now within the DU and LP scorecards. And um, in terms of kind of other issues, uh, those are the main things that we're watching. Legislative, it's a little quiet out there right now, so that's a good thing. Um, we do have um, Congressman Job Hunterling, who chairs the House Financial Services Committee, 
We released a summary of a bill to replace the Dodd-Frank Act. Um, so the bill is entitled the Financial Choice Act, with choice standing for creating hope and opportunity for investors, consumers, and entrepreneurs. And then their press release indicated the bill would be introduced later this month. So we don't actually have anything to go on. Right now we've got all the sales pitch stuff, which I find is all just doesn't really tell me anything that's going on in the bill. So I will follow up with all of you when we actually have a bill number. We actually have something of substance to talk through. Right now it's just talk. So we'll wait till we get the bill. So, Dave, I'll turn it back to you to be able to get Joe up, <laughs> and I'm looking forward to talking with Mitch later on in the program. I I am too. Sorry about throwing your curveball there. I was actually looking at the switchboard and I was looking at my script here and I had scrolled down to you. So, you know how when you you get following the the the, the what's in front of your eyes, you have a tendency to get messed up. So that's the dead. So hey, thank you. Well, Alice, and people for being should have up. a lot of respect with what you're doing every day, right? You're balancing all of us calling in. You're balancing notes commercials and um, advertisers is. and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, you kind of juggle three, four things at a time there. So, no worries. Well, you do it well. You do it well. You understand it because you sit in my seat when I'm not here. So, thank you, Alice, for being the co-host and when the hostess with the most when I'm gone and running the program. But, yeah, it is, there's a lot of moving pieces. But I appreciate it. And now, without further ado, let's. for those of you dialing in, yes, this is slightly out of order. Apologize. There are some of us <laughs> who just love order, and we always mess it up. But we've got Joe Farr here to give us a market update. Hi, Dave. Looking, I love your website, Joe, because it's just – I hear this with, was with one of my clients, and they use your service. And I go, yeah, can I ask you a question? Why do you use this one versus others? I'm glad you do. I, I too, too, I, too, use it. And they came yeah. back to one thing. They said there's a lot of good services, but it is the most concise – to the point, information in one location that I can just go to and know exactly what's going on. I don't need it. I mean, Good. I do my own analysis. I just want the facts, and that's what you guys do a great job. So kudos. I had another client that was just shouting yeah. out. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, so today, today, Dave, yeah, we're uh, we're up again today. It was like uh, every day last week, yeah. but Monday was a was an up day for us in prices. Not big, but uh, you know, it's nice to see things moving sort of slowly and steadily higher. Uh, MBS prices anyway, rates are, are slowly and steadily falling. So uh, right now, today, we're up 4.30 seconds on the day. There's no economic data that came out today. There was some in China, a little weakness out of uh, the fixed asset investments in the private sector in China was a little below what was expected and uh, slowest pace in, in a number of years. So it's a little bit concerning, but not, not too bad. And then Brexit concerns. You know, the UK's uh, referendum on leaving the uh, European Union is continuing to get some headlines, and it's causing some concerns. You know, as we get closer to the uh, June 23rd actual referendum, we're going to have a lot of things uh, yeah, uh, move in the market as it relates to this. Uh Updating the betting odds, I think I, I mentioned this a, a couple shows ago. We were at a one in six chance of, of Brexit, uh, according to the to the odds makers. Now we're at a four in ten chance. So uh, things have really uh, moved more toward uh, the chance of a, a vote to leave the European Union. Uh, I, the polls as well are reflecting that. In fact, uh, one poll's got got the leave vote uh, uh, being higher than the uh, stay vote. So uh, we'll see how all that works out. Uh, let's look at last week a little bit. Um, as I mentioned, MBS prices uh, improved every day last week, and for the week they were up 630 seconds, so not bad. Uh, there wasn't a lot of economic data to move the market. Jolts came out last week, and and you know unlike the jobs report, which showed a big drop, uh, you know an indication of weakness, the jolts report was really pretty much the same as it was uh, prior month, which was good, you know at good levels. Job openings grew a little bit, hires and quits were about the same. Uh, jolts is a month delayed though, so uh, this is April data, whereas the jobs report was May data. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, uh, along the same lines, jobless claims uh, would certainly are an indication there. That's uh, a this week indication of, of what's going on in a part of the jobs market. The jobless claims continue to be low, very low by historical standards. We uh, They fell some this week from last week and uh, uh, are at a level that's consistent with a very 
uh, solid jobs market. So, you know, the the jobs report uh, last Friday was a bit of a surprise, but um, well, it was a big surprise. Uh, but some of this other data might might seem to indicate that it's not as bad as what that jobs report seemed to say. Uh, last week, the Treasury auctions got really solid demand, and uh, much of the improvement. Uh, well, Janet Yellen had a speech on Monday, uh, which in which she removed the incoming months reference to uh, when she felt like a, a, high, a rate hike would be necessary, and, and the market certainly took that to mean that uh, this week's uh, meeting is not going to include a, a uh, rate hike. So, all right. So let's talk about this week. This week, unlike last week, this week has a lot of data to. to uh, absorb. Uh, we've got retail sales tomorrow. Uh, we got on Wednesday. We got industrial production and PPI and the Fed statement. The Fed statement will come out at two. There is a press conference following this meeting, uh, so uh, uh, no rate hike is expected. Uh, CPI comes out on Thursday along with jobless claims, Philly Fed, home builder sentiment surveys on on Thursday. Um, May housing starts on Friday. And like I mentioned earlier, uh, between now and June 23rd, uh, there's just going to be a lot of uncertainty out there as it relates to the Brexit res- referendum. And, and there's a great concern that if the vote is to leave, that it's going to have a negative uh, economic consequence to Europe and then to the emerging mar- markets. And, and uh, as the, the likelihood of Brexit happening uh, grows, we might see a shift to safer assets as a result. So that would be good for mortgage rates if it happened. Yeah, it's, it's, so that's it. That's uh, yeah. This is going to be an interesting week. Uh, always interesting what's happening. I was really curious about Janet Yellen's comments. I mean, I, you know, me. I'm listening. I worked in the yard. Had a lot of things to do. With spring cleaning kind of stuff. As we finally have good full-on summer going on here, as you know, here in Central Texas. So I was out working in the yard power washing decks, getting the pool all up and going, and, and I have podcasts going to my head. So I listen to probably a half a dozen or more hour-long podcasts about the markets, what's going on. And what's really interesting is what, you know, if Europe stays in, I mean, if England stays inside of the EU, that the implications from that. So it is something that we should be paying close attention to. It's and there's these, like you said, no economic day to day, but there's a softening. What's going on? Some in Russia, I mean, uh, China. So we look China. at all the data and mm-hmm. the various places coming in from China and likes. Uh, it is really important to have that update. What are the things that once someone just said? Love to have Joe say. What do you watch mostly? Do you have like CNN going on in the background? What are you paying attention to to monitor this and give updates on this? Is there something that other than uh, they love your service? They love it. They use it. And yeah. their no, we're we're watching CNBC. Else. We're on CNBC, CNBC and and uh, Dan, who you know, is uh, yeah. uh, you know he's searching the the archives of news stories, et cetera, and and uh, and then primarily, as you mentioned, our focus is is really on live MBS prices and com- getting that communicated to our subscribers as conveniently and as concisely and as timely as we can. So uh, that's that's. Most of it. Well, it's it's interesting. We're, we've got uh, Sam Kidder coming on. Kider comes. Sam Kider coming on here a little bit. I'll be, and it'll be fun. He's with Stone Point Capital. Fun to get his takes on some of this as well. So, the, the Mitch and his sons are have all vast backgrounds. So we're going to get some extra commentary other than just the, Good. The, what we're looking at for Father's Day, but get some thoughts on that. So. Thank you so much, Joe. Appreciate what you do each and every week to bring us updates and then also throughout the week with your website. Good job. Kudos for what you do. Folks, I'm going to let the host gather his thoughts as we've had a number of distractions coming in. No need to tell you all about it, but we're going to get our thoughts uh, gathered here, and we're going to be back into the normal order of way things. Paul Mollo is not going to be joining us today. Just sent me a message, but we do have Sam Garcia coming up. We'll be right back after this brief break. 
Economic uncertainty has created a tremendous amount of market volatility for the past few weeks. Intraday price changes seem the rule rather than the exception. Have you been surprised by a midday price change? Have you been frustrated as you locked the loan just ahead of a price movement? Found it difficult to explain to a customer why the rate you quoted is no longer available? MBS Quoline can eliminate these frustrations. MBS Quoline monitors Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and Ginny Mae mortgage-backed security prices in real time. It makes the information conveniently available on your desktop, smartphone, or by email or text message. These are the same prices used to set mortgage rates each morning and to issue midday price changes when significant movement occurs. With MBS Quoteline, you'll never be out of touch with the market, whether you're in the office or on the road. See for yourself what MBS Quoteline can do for you. Go to MBSQuoteline.com to start a risk-free two-week trial. MBSQuoteline.com. 646-716-4972. The Lickin' on Lending Show is back. Here is your host, David Lickin'. It's good to have you here with us, everybody. Uh, someone just wrote me a note. I've done your podcast with you, Dave, live sitting next to you. And, yeah, you're having one of those little bit clunky days today. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's really interesting. But he said they should put a webcam. You should put a webcam over your shoulder to look at all the activity that's going on as we're doing this. Yeah, it would be good, but it's not that point. Most important, we try to bring you the highest quality podcast possible, and many of you know that we, um, we're the only one out there doing it, so we'd love to have others get out there and do it, but it's it's good to bring you part of it, and I appreciate the kind words. A lot of comments <laughs> coming in, uh, and it's fun for, to receive them. So let's get into the what's going on. Again, Paul Mala normally would be coming in at this point, but we've got Sam Garcia. So we're going to get Sam on, get an update on some of the headlines you can get from Mortgage Daily Good to have you with us, Sam. Are you in Dallas? You had some major storms rolling through your area up there last uh, last yesterday afternoon. I understand. Yeah, we did, and it was quite a show. I got a nice view of the town here, so uh, you get these dark clouds kind of rolling in, and all of a sudden the rain just starts blowing sideways. And then, you know, it's not that much longer where all clears up, it seems like, and it's all good. <laughs> well, it's like, like blowing th- what's blowing through the mortgage industry, and you got a great website that reports a lot of what is happening. So let's cover some of the headlines you're looking at. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, as you're aware and everybody's aware, rates have been falling lately, and uh, that's caused a little bit of stir in the activity. Um, Our mortgage market index jumped 15% last week, um, and that index, which is a reflection of average per user rate locks by open-close clients, was at its highest level uh, since May 6th. So, I don't know, that's about five weeks or so uh, that it reached a high for so uh, that's a good sign. I always like to see more activity and seem to be well dispersed, a little bit of a, you know increase in purchases and refinances. So uh, we'll see where that goes. Um, data from HUD indicates that uh, FHA endorsed about $19.9 billion in residential loans in April, and that includes single-family loans, re- reverse mortgages, and Title I loans. Um, endorsements were off 2% from March, um, but the um, – Delinquency actually up uh, delinquency of 30 days, including foreclosures and bankruptcies, was 10.53 percent. Um, that was actually worse than March by 18 basis points. So, a uh, little bit of an uptick there. CoreLogic put out some information about uh, equity, uh, its equity report, and they reported that the U.S. average loan-to-value ratio was 56.9% as of the first quarter of this year. That turned out to be the lowest average LTV since at least uh, the fourth quarter of 2010, which is basically the oldest information we've collected uh, from CoreLogic. Uh, And at that point, the ratio was 70 almost 75%. So uh, good for investors, uh, mortgage investors, because obviously their equity position has improved. Um, Fannie Mae had previously scheduled its release of its desktop underwriter for for June 25th. Um, But on Friday, Fannie advised its customers that it's going to delay the implementation of the the new version. uh, And that decision was reportedly made to ensure a successful implementation. Um, Fannie last week reported that it added three directors to its board. Uh, One of those directors is uh, Michael Hyde, who was previously the president of Wells Fargo Home Mortgage. So that's kind of interesting. Ginny May put out uh, some data. Yeah, I'm sorry. What did you say? Yeah, I I thought that was really interesting, especially when there's been some of the the discussions and some of the proposals of what to do at the agencies. Uh, you know, it, you know that have been floated out there. One of which is break them up and sell them off pieces of it off to the, the various major banks, money center banks. And so, 
thought that was just just interesting to it would support some of those out there with the theory that the banks are if there is a demise of Fannie and Freddie I doubt that'll happen but if that were that the money center banks might have uh, might be positioning themselves so we'll, we'll get some thoughts on that from others and you know can Family you believe thought. it's it, it, it won't be long before it's been a decade that these two companies have been in conservatorship. Um, and at this point, it just seems impossible that anything will ever change uh, the way at least it looks in, Hol- yeah. in Hollywood and uh, Washington. But uh, we'll see where that goes. Thoughts on that. I, I, you know, I just, there's just, with this is a political year, you know, who knows who, who gets in the office. The White House is going to have a lot of say, I think, on what's happening. But nothing's going to be happening to Fannie Freddie. Even whatever changes are coming, I don't think anything's going to happen for five years or more. So we will see. But anyway. Well, over at uh, Walter, and, and I was going to say, over at Walter oh, Investment, uh, Denmar Dixon, who was named CEO in October, and Daniel Beltzman, who was elected chairman in March, are both leaving their posts. Uh, George Awad has been appointed chairman and interim CEO until they find a new one. Um, over at the Money Source, they announced that they have a new office location in Orange County, California. Uh, both retail and wholesale employees will operate from there. And that company, which is based in Melville, New York, uh, reported that it's hired 150 employees so far this year. Always good to see somebody that's growing. Um, one other thing uh, we, we covered last week, eight trade groups, including Mortgage Bankers Association and the American Bankers Association, issued a letter to FHA, FHA Director Mel Watt. Um, the groups are concerned with language, uh, a language preference that could be added to the uniform residential loan application. Uh, the, the trade groups are concerned that adding a language preference would raise numerous compliance questions uh, under Dodd-Frank mortgage rules. So, uh, you know, this is they've only heard about it. It hasn't been anything official. We couldn't get a FHA, FA or any, either of the two government-sponsored enterprises to comment on it. But uh, obviously that's an area of concern for the group for them to put a letter out. So anyway, those are some of the, the headlines we covered over the last week. Well, it's good to have you uh, report on these. I, I go to your website throughout the week, just kind of looking at some of the things that come up. You do a great job, but I want to also alert our listeners to the fact that you have some great data and research that you uh, make available to those who subscribe to your website and encourage people to check that out. So if they haven't already done so, check out MortgageDaily.com or get a hold of Sam at SamGarcia at MortgageDaily.com or give Sam a call at 214 521 1300. Sam, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me, David. Always appreciate it. Always a pleasure. You bet. See you back here next week and have a great week. All right. All right. We're going to look at uh, some of the things going on in the market. Uh, just looking at the website again, uh, MBS quote line. Uh, this is, folks, when you're looking at what's happening on a tick by tick basis, it's really interesting what's happening. Um, so, Joe, I, I'm, kudos to this. I keep this up, and I want to give you a, have you give us a summary. And a couple emails have come, or questions, and one email and two text messages have come in. For those of you who want to text me throughout the program, gets a little distracting. I'll do my best to respond, but you can text me at five one two six three two twenty nine hundred five one two six three two twenty nine hundred, or send me an email. I will try to get to it. Obviously, I know what's been the the issue here today. I finally figured it out. We have Mitch and Company here. Uh, Mitch and Sons, and there are a lot of people listening, and I am getting a ton of feedback, way more than normal. So that's uh, we love you receiving your thoughts and comments. I appreciate you tuning in and being a part of the broadcast. Let's head over to Jim Jump. Jim is uh, the chief uh, marketing officer for ArchMI, and they do a great job of providing their products, uh, their insurance, through something called the Raystar app. And I want to learn more. I want you to learn more about it, become available of what they're doing. Listen to Jim Jump's message for us. Hi, David. Thanks for having me on, and we're happy to be a proud sponsor of the program. And today I'd like again to talk about RateStar from Arch Mortgage Insurance. RateStar is a revolutionary tool that allows mortgage originators to dynamically price mortgage insurance and match coverage to ArchMI's most competitive rates. And that's important because it allows you to compete more effectively, qualify more borrowers, and of course close more loans. That's the power of RateStar. Originators from around the country are letting us know just how quick and easy RateStar is to use. And all you need is your NMLS number, and you can access RateStar anywhere, anytime, using multiple points of entry, including most LOS systems, product 
product and pricing engines, and through our websites at archmi.com and archmicu.com for credit unions. And of course, it's available through our mobile app for smartphones and tablets. RateStar makes it easy to choose what type of mortgage insurance coverage your loan needs. You just touch, tap, and go. Quotes are delivered in seconds and represent our most competitive RHMI rates based on the strength and quality of the loan application. And I have to tell you, David, getting a mortgage insurance quote has never been so powerful or so simple. And with that, I'll turn it back over to you and say thanks. Have a great day, everybody. And you might want to add to that powerful and simple, Jim, you may want to add to the comment is also helps reduce the cost. And it really does show the advantage of the risk-based pricing that's in there. And so um, I've, I've, I've seen it now several times firsthand. It's a great service. And if you have not, folks, checked out the Rate Star program, be sure to do so. Get a hold of your uh, ArchMI representative and have them show you uh, what that product can do to help save you and your customers, more importantly, your customers, the consumers, money. Profit Doctor is not with us here. He is dialed in and listening. He sends his best to Mitch and Sons, and we're looking forward to getting into that interview. But before we do, we want to get over to Motivity, which is uh, produces and publishes through us the key performance or the KPI of the week, Motivity Solutions. John Maynell, which is Vice President of Client Services, has the following suggestion. It has to do with TRID underwriting to closing KPI. Let's hear about it. Hello, Dave. Thanks very much. Great to be here as always. And this week we have another key performance indicator related to TRID. And the KPI is underwriting to closing days. And like all TRID metrics, the focus is the estimated closing date and how far in advance a file should be submitted to underwriting to make provisions for any and all underwriting eventualities, possibly multiple resubmissions, and leaving enough time after final approval to finish the loan and deliver the closing disclosure on time. A very common practice for lenders that have automated their analytics with mortgage business intelligence like Movation is to have the system automatically send email alerts to participants on those loans that are running late and at risk of missing these milestone deadlines. Now, This allows loan participants to continually reprioritize their workflow to ensure they remain compliant, clearly demonstrating again that what gets measured gets results. And with that, Dave, I will thank you once again and turn it back to you. Be sure to check out Motivity Solutions at MotivitySolutions.com or call 303-721-9000. They do a great job of bringing you real-time information on what's going on inside your mortgage pipeline. I do not know how people manage their business without having real-time information on what's performing, what's not performing within the desired key performance indicators or KPIs within your business. Check them out, MotivitySolutions.com. All right, so let's get into the... Kiter family gets in and understanding the challenge. Folks, folks, one of the things that any of us who have run successful businesses, especially in this industry, which is rather dynamic, uh, many industries are dynamic, but the mortgage industry, because of the crunch time, this is one of the most important transactions that we're handling for consumers. And it's the, one of the most stressful times for their life, and therefore that stress transfers over to us. And we do struggle with that. I've struggled with it. And many have written me as a result of me publishing out the fact that we're doing this podcast with Mitch Kiter and his three sons. A lot of people wrote me and said, Dave, I am so looking forward to this podcast. I'm requiring my executives to listen to it, which explains why we have so many people dialed in. So there's a lot of executive teams listening to this, and I know many more are going to download this podcast after the fact. So with that, I want to just invite or open the mic up for Mitch to come on and introduce his three sons. First of all, Mitch, thanks so much for agreeing to do this. Uh, it's, it's really fun. And I've, I've argued and wrote in one of the things I put out to promoting the program was you do and cover a lot of very important topics related to our industry, Mitch. But I don't know that there's any topic more important than this one because it's where we exist, where, what is really at the core, what we should be about. And you've done a spectacular job of raising three sons and somehow figuring that out. But we're really honored that you would take the time to come on and then and have come on with you, Ted Kyder, Sam Kyder, and Jack Kyder. So, Mitch, good to have you here, Fred. Well, thanks, Dave. It's great uh, to be here. And, you know, you've got that exactly right. I mean, this is really what it's all about. Uh, you, you know me, and you know me in the industry. I love my clients. I love the industry I represent. I love my law firm. But in the grand scheme of things, this is what it's really all about. You have on the phone with you today three of the four most important things uh, to me, and that's my three sons, 
Teddy, Jack, and Sam, and the fourth, of course, being my wife, who I'm sure is uh, is listening in right now. That's so, really good. I, and I, I look at how you. Yeah, go ahead. Let's hmm? go, inter- go ahead. introduce them. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So, by way of introduction, my older son is Teddy. Teddy Kiter. He's a 30-year-old, and I am so proud of him. Teddy is a fourth-year attorney now. He lives in Los Angeles. He's a graduate of uh, Stanford Law School, and, you know, in between college and law school, he was actually a sports writer. He wrote for the Times-Picune and the uh, and the New York Times. My middle son, Jack, is also a, a lawyer. He's a first-year lawyer. He works in, in New York City. He is also a graduate of Stanford uh, uh, Law School, and in between school, he... Uh, he lived in China for almost two years teaching middle school uh, students English. And the young one, as we like to call him, Sam, is a finance whiz. He's a graduate of Washington University in St. Louis with a finance major and, uh, and a very, very, very sharp dude who, as you pointed out earlier, is an associate at Stone Point Capital. Uh, very good. One of the best, if not the best, private equity firms in the business today. Well, it's good to have all of you joining us. So I, uh, I've worked with Stone Point. They've called me at different times and have asked me. So, uh, Sam, there may have been an opportunity to have talked to you, or at least some of your associates doing research in our industry. So I've talked to several people there at different times throughout the time. So I really appreciate each one of you taking time out of your busy professional lives to join us. In many ways, we're honoring you, Mitch, and how to accomplish this balance. So let's start off by going over to Teddy. And one of the questions, Teddy, I would go to you ask, is, is, you being the oldest, is how, from your perspective as a son, being there and watching a very successful, busy dad, how was your dad able to accomplish a healthy work-life balance? Yeah, well, first, thanks for, for having us call on, Dave. I, I really appreciate it. We're excited to be here. Um, I, I think, you know, answering your question, I, I think, uh, you know, I could talk for, for about it, but kind of boiling it down, I think there's a few things. I think, number one, you have to actually want to do it. You have to want to have the balance, and, and, and I think that's sort of first and foremost. And, and number two, I think you kind of have to have the mentality that uh, nothing is impossible. And, and I know, you know, just having been an attorney myself for a few years, I, I, I know that Sometimes it seems impossible to to juggle everything, and I certainly don't even you know I don't I don't have kids, so I don't have what my dad had. But but at times it can seem um, you know it can seem impossible to to do it. And I think you you have that if you if you want to do it and and if you can be creative about it, I, I think you can uh, manage some kind of balance. And, and number three, playing into that, I think is is making your own opportunities and, and, and taking advantage of opportunities that are there in a way that works for you. And um, I'll tell you a little bit what I mean. You know, I, I think my dad has been, you know, in a bunch of places in, in his career. And I think, um, you, you know, I know when he first started out, out of law school, and, and when I, um, you know, was, was a little baby, he worked for the government. And I know that that worked for him in terms of, um, you know, at the time I was the only one around, Jack and Sam weren't there yet. He uh, and and he would he would be able to come home relatively early uh, from that job, and and he'd be able to see me a lot as a result of that. And I know, um, you know, in terms of making your own opportunities, I know after that, as I got older, and and as he had Jack and Sam, I think my dad decided to start his own business. And I think a big part of that is, you know, when when you have your own business, obviously there are a ton of responsibilities that come with that, but you also can kind of manage your time a little differently from if you're, you know, working, you know, still for the government or, or, or for someone else doing something else. And, and so, you know, I mean, he took and, and, and decided to start his own business. And I think, um, I think just kind of making his own opportunities in that way kind of gave him a chance to, to create that balance for himself. And, and, it, you know, I mean, it, it plays itself out all the time. I'll, I'll tell you, you know, when I was a kid and my dad started his own business, you know, he had to travel a lot. He had to go away a lot. And yeah. I can tell you that I personally I personally cannot remember an actual day when he wasn't there. I mean, in, in my mind, he was there every day. And I think part of that is every time he would travel, he would do it as quickly as possible. I mean, if he had a meeting in California, he'd get to California and back in less than 24 hours. And that's just because wow. that's, that's what he wanted to do. You, you know, and, and so... So I think you have to want to do that. I think even today, I mean, when he takes business trips over to the West Coast, as, as you mentioned, I'm in L.A. right now. And, you know, wherever he's in the 
West Coast, it usually turns into a trip to, to see me at some point. And, and we'll go up to football games at Stanford or, or I'll come see him down in San Diego. So um, I, I think, you know, so I think just doing that, and, and I will say, you know, just to kind of finish off on this, I think a big part of it is that it comes from, from our grandparents, from my father's parents. And my father's parents were, were uh, Holocaust survivors, and they came over here with nothing. Uh, and they went through things that, uh, you know, nobody on this call right now could possibly imagine. And, and, and they worked harder than me, Jack, and Sam will ever have to work and, and than we could ever imagine working. And I think, you know, and they still managed to do it. And they managed to have that balance and, and raise my dad to be, the, the, you know, the man that he is today. And, and I think that's a big part of, of why he does what he does today. And, and so I think that's why it works for him. Uh, you know, it's a really good thing. You've got to want to was one of the words I wrote down. It's a choice. It's a decision. And then it's putting a commitment behind that. And so I, I, that's that's really good uh, to hear your, your perspective on that, Teddy. And one of the questions that came in already have receiving questions. I kid you not, gentlemen, this is unusual to receive this much feedback. So we have hit on a nerve that's really positive. People struggle with this and how to do that. So the question is from your perspective, your dad was always there. Was it a result of him calling in when he was traveling? Because a lot of us travel is a big part of our, our professional lives now. It's much more so, at least than it used to seem to be used to be. So, was it how did how did he stay current and in contact with you during that time? That's one of the questions that just rolled in. Yeah, I mean, I think it, you know, it's about calling. I think he he was calling. Like I said, it was also a matter of just getting in there and out of there as as possible. I think a lot of people. You know, it just kind of makes sense to stay, stay someplace for a night or something. But, uh, you know, he would just come home on the, on the next flight and do standby and do yeah. whatever he had to do. And, and, and frankly, it also, his trip kind of, I don't really remember him being gone, but I know he went on trips because he got me a T-shirt everywhere he went, and I always wanted to visit <laughs> that place, you know. And, well, and you so know, that's, that's, that's part it. of it. Yeah, that is I mean, that's, connecting that's kind to you. Of, yeah, I'm sorry for sure. the little bit of delay here. Can I, it is that when you, he does go, he's letting you know that he's thinking about you when he's gone because he's bringing back something. I think that's really good. Mitch, you want to add right. something exactly. to this because I want to get on to another part of this, but is, you want to add in on this? Is some of the, that was great perspective, Teddy. Thank you so much. So Your perspective. So here's, yeah. 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 here's what I would say. I have always traveled a lot, and for those of you in the industry that know me, you know I am always on the road. But as Teddy said, I would do it as quickly as possible, and I would come home as quickly as possible. And when I was away, I would talk to him all the time. I mean, Teddy's talking in terms of wanting. You've got to want to hit that right balance. But i got to tell you the truth. For me, it wasn't even a question. You know, from, from the day each one of those boys was born, I have viewed it as both a privilege and an honor to be their father. It's the greatest thing in the world. It's the greatest thing in life, quite frankly. And so, you know, today, if I could, if I could be with them all the time, I would be with them all the time. That, that's just the reality of it. That's wonderful. We're so, we're so glad to hear that. And you sense that. And I told your boys that. But when we, I've met with Mitch in his presence and been in his gorgeous office there in D.C. many, many times. But when we brought up this topic. I saw an ex- expression on Mitch's face that I've never seen before. And if there's any question about the sincerity about his love for his family, you would see it in his countenance. And just the way he expressed it, there was a smile that came across his face. Like he would love to have this opportunity to share this because it's important to him. And it's really important that we get this out. So let's go on to the next thing. You know, I want to head over to Jack on this one. It says, what are the values that your dad stressed while you were growing up? Busy life, and then, you know, you can get mixed messages on when you're looking at that, but what were the values your dad stressed growing up? Yeah, you know, I think the reason that my dad has been able to have success in having um, a healthy work-life balance is primarily because of the values that he has that um, underlies what he's been doing. So, you know, throughout our lives, he's always taught us that uh, academic success is important, um, that career ambitions are important, uh, all of these things. And, and I think, you know, we, we got that message. We worked hard. We went to good schools. We work hard in our jobs now. Um, so that, you know, the, those messages came through, and I think he was successful in that way. But I think the reason why um, we were able to succeed in those areas is because he never taught us that those were the number one most important things. He always taught us that family came first, 
that family was, you know, the most important thing um, that me and my brothers always had to look out for each other uh, throughout our lives, and that's what he really um, always came back to as, as uh, the number one value. Uh, that is so important. Family first. We always stress that. And uh, faith, family, and then our careers and wherever that goes into it. And uh, Teddy mentioned the fact that your grandparents were Holocaust survivors. I think there's such a sense of family that comes from a result of having that in your legacy, in your background, uh, in, your, in your heritage. It's, it just really brings it home. And I think we're losing some of it. We have lost a lot of that in America. So it's great to hear that have you stressed that, uh, Jack, as a number one family first? I agree with that 100%. And, and, you know, Dave, you know what's wonderful about it all? No matter where these guys are, no matter where they live, no matter what they're doing, they are always in touch with each other, and they're always taking care of each other. They give each other advice when it's solicited. They give each other advice when it's not solicited. They're always looking out for each other, and that was always really important to me. In fact, they grow up to understand that they are family and they have to take care of each other as well. They need to watch after each other, and they do. It's an amazing thing. It's a wonderful thing to watch. I just got a question, a shot on me. It came text message came right. How did you instill that, Mitch? I mean, I mean, one thing. There's a lot of families that talk about family first, but there's there's obviously a bond when you start interacting with you guys. I've had the privilege of just doing a very little of it. But I saw it in your commitment to them and your, your expression, Mitch. But how did you bring that about? Many people talk about it, but fewer so, so you fewer know, success on that. Yeah. So, you know, Dave, you know, we talked about my parents and the Holocaust and what they survived. And, you know, I, I would talk to my children about that. And I talk about the ones that didn't survive. You know, I never had grandparents. They, they were all killed. Uh, I had very few aunts and uncles and, and cousins as a result of the Holocaust, you know, killed during the war. And so family has always been extraordinarily important to me. And, and, you know, that was instilled upon me by my parents. And I made sure they knew and understood, you know, where they come from and what their history is and how important and how precious family is. It's not anything in my house that has ever been taken for granted and it can never be taken for granted. And my wife is just like that as well. She feels the exact same way. And so I did that, and, and quite frankly, you know, I told them if they would not take care of each other when they got older, I would find them and kick their butts. That's the bottom line, because we are family, and it's really important. Well, and, and I know one of the things you do for a workout, at one point, you're, I don't know if you're still doing it, but kickboxing. So I'm going, you're serious about that, too. I have a tendency to think they probably take you serious. I, you know, I, I had the privilege of you know, meeting with your dad, and he's in great shape, Sam. I look at this, and I go, man, I think, I'd think i actually think dad actually could still kick my butt. But let's get over to you, Sam. You know, what are some good examples of your dad blocking off time to spend with you and your family? I think one of the characteristics, Sam, that I'm seeing as I consult the very successful executives now for the last 15 years, been in the industry for a long time, is time blocking is really a key principle, and it is a common denominator, those that can do that successfully. So give some examples of that, if you wouldn't mind, Sam. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, I think Teddy touched a bit on how he was able to sort of have a work-life balance and, and sort of set aside time to spend with us. And I think it's, you know, important to take it a step further and, and realize that when you're sort of, you know, blocking time to spend with your family, you're also sort of engaged in that activity or, you know, whatever you're doing with them as opposed to just being distracted and thinking about work. You know, these days we all have we all have smartphones and email all the time. So, you know, I know what it's like to, to be distracted on the weekends and while I'm spending time with family, you know, thinking about work. But, you know, he was able to be engaged and, and sort of set aside that time. You know, a good example is throughout – throughout high school I played competitive golf and you know all throughout the school year we would sort of travel up and down the east coast on the weekends to sort of go to my golf tournament um, and you know he would always be coaching me through that and, and really paying attention and even before that you know he, he used to uh, coach all of our, our basketball teams and little league teams and uh, you know that just takes a lot of engagement he wouldn't only you know come to events once in a while and, and sit on the bleachers it's it, it, it took a lot of energy for him to, you know, be engaged in that. And, um, 
you know, especially probably after a long day of work when he has a lot of other things going on. You know, when you look at the so, word engagement, by the way, Alice and Joe, I'm going to be coming to you with some questions here in just a minute so you get your questions ready. Uh, the word engagement and doing that, when you look at um, – Mitch, I'm going to go right to you right off this comment. But I think the biggest challenge is we have the blessing of these cell phones, these electronic devices now that we can stay so connected to our office. And I look at the, ten, the tendency – I got caught and called out on this by my wife several times – is. You're present, but you're not engaged. So one of the words I'm circling around your comments, Sam, is engagement, because I think we can be present, but we're, our iPhones, our Androids are there in front of us. We have our heads still buried in emails, and we're not engaged. I, I would love, Mitch, to have you talk about the word engagement and how you pulled that off. And, I mean, one person wrote, says, yeah, this is great, but I want to get back. They, several questions are coming in for each of the boys. Um, about how you're doing it in light of the technology, but back then and even now, how do you stay engaged, Mitch? How did you do it then? How you know, are you doing it now? You know, I, I, I'm not even sure that there's an adequate description for it other than, Dave, to tell you that my family is always on my mind. Well, they are, as I said, you know, they, they are the top priority, and that's the way it should be for everyone, quite frankly. And, and they're always on my mind. And, uh, you know, how did I stay engaged? I found out what was important to them. And, uh, and I participated with them. When, when these guys were growing up, I was known as the coach to all of their friends because I coached Little League. I coached basketball. Uh, when they were real little, I coached soccer, but that didn't work out all that well. But, <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, I, I was I, I was the coach for them, and you know, you might call me crazy for this, but there would be times, you know, I would I would be in a trial, or I would be away with a client. I don't think I ever missed coaching the game. I would fly back, I'd coach the game, and then I'd fly wow. back to what I was doing again. That's wow. what I would do because that was my priority, you know. And you talk about time blocking and things of that sort. No one can tell me that these things cannot be done because they can be. It's a matter of what you set your priorities to. That's really what it yeah. comes down to. And I used to do that all the time. I used to go to L.A., okay, and I would, I would arrive there. I would take a deposition, and then I would get on the red eye, come back, just so that I could be with these guys and be with my family, uh, you know, as, as, as they were growing up. And that's really what it comes down to. And in terms of engagement, believe me, you don't go through those types of efforts just to be present, just to sit there, just to go th do these things. Uh, you know, I, I have to go on the assumption that everyone understands what I'm saying because this is, this is your lifeblood. These are your children. Uh, this is what it's all about. That's who carries on for you when you're, when you're not there anymore, and that's just the bottom line. So engaged, I, I think I'm still engaged. Uh, I, I know I ask them more questions than they like me to ask, but you know that's just who I am, and that's because of how important it all is. That's good. I, I love that. Let's get over to Alice, and then Joe. I'll go over to you after that. Alice, I'll let you get in on this discussion. And by the way, Alice, as you're formulating that, I just want to say this: I've never received in a broadcast so many questions and so many comments. This is absolutely touching a nerve. Thank you so many for all of you that are. In thanking us for bringing uh, Mitch and his three sons to the broadcast. Thank you for your many, many kind comments. We're going to try to get as many of your questions as you have. I I've never seen anything like this, Mitch. Alice, let's go ahead and let some of your questions get answered. Well, sure. Well, thank you all for joining. You know, as the only woman so far on the broadcast today, <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going to have to <laughs> jump in here for your mom, right? <laughs> yeah, mom, right? Mitch, you didn't do this alone, so maybe there's a part of this that has to do with also, also the relationship between you and your wife. Everything has to do with the relationship between my wife and I. Remember when I started, I said you had three of the most important things online, and the fourth being, uh, being my wife. I could not do this without the support of my wife, and, and my wife is the exact same way. I mean, we, we are absolutely the same when it comes to our children. And we are absolutely on the same page. And, you know, my wife was a uh, pediatric occupational therapist before she retired from doing that. And she set up her own private practice that was actually within a block of where my kids went to school. 
So she could take them to school in the morning, then she would see her clients, and then she would pick them up in the afternoon as well. Now, she was very fortunate that she was able to do that, and she was extraordinarily talented at, uh, at what she did. But those were our priorities. That's, you know, we, we made them about our lives. That's what it is. And if you're going to take on this awesome responsibility and this awesome honor of being a parent, I just think you need to be prepared to do that. I, you know, there isn't anything that I did not like about raising these kids. You know, that's the God's honest truth. That's not to say on a day-to-day basis one of them may do something that may get you a little <laughs> aggravated or something along those lines. But when they were growing up, people would say, oh, that's such a good age. And I would tell them, you know, all of their ages were such a good age. I actually think that the ages they are today is a great age as well. It's just amazing. Yeah. But, you know, that's and this, the way it is. This is Teddy. I, I just want to jump in here for one sec to, to answer your question, Alice. Uh, you, you know, I think it is about my mom and my dad being a team. And, and I think that's, um, that's key. And I, I don't think my dad could have done it without her. And I don't think she, my mom could have done it without him. And I, and I think, you know, and we realized that and we saw that. And, and I think that's what me and my brothers, you know, eventually want to have uh, in our lives kind of, kind of going forward. And, and that's kind of what we aspire to because we saw that growing up. Wow. So Again, then I, I, I get to interview here. all the girlfriends, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, guess I, I get to interview the girlfriends, right? That's yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, there's there's a uh, book out, one of my favorite books I used, and my daughters hated it. It says, Interviewing Your Daughter's Date. And my daughters wished I'd never found that because we did do that. Uh, we have all daughters. Uh, <laughs> Joe, I want to get over to you. Uh, I've got a couple of really touching questions that are coming in here I want okay. to get to. But, Joe, what are your, some of your thoughts on this? And well, I questions. just got to say I'm feeling a little guilty about the time or two we convinced Mitch to come to Scrappin' Valley with us. But, uh <laughs> I think we had a good yeah. time. Uh, That's all right. We had a good time. Uh-huh. Mitch, I, uh, you've brought this out a number of times, and, and it, you know, when you hear this subject, you think about small kids and, you know, when they're still in the home and all that. But uh, I'm just uh, – I, I really applaud you for carrying that through, through you know, to, to now and to really yeah. be, um, you know, aware that it's something that's still ongoing. It's not like you've done your job and and now they're out of the house. So I I just want to applaud you for that. Yeah. Well, thank you, Joe. And you know, I mean, you're a parent. You understand. Uh, You know, you will always be a parent. That's the way it is. One of this, someone's writing me here. I do not. I'm not familiar with the person. They know you well, and they go, and this is really moving me. I don't know why. He says, I'm choked up, and I feel like a failure. Yet I know there's time. It's not too late. How do I get started? Start with Mitch, and then how are and they, they're younger. Yeah, this sounds like a younger person, so they then want to rotate through each one of your sons, Mitch, on uh, on how to get started. So Mitch, let's start there. This is obviously touching some real hearts here. So so I got to tell you, the way you get started is you just need to sit down and think about your priorities. You need to know and understand what you're doing. You you know, being a parent is a choice. Uh but once you make that choice, you better be in it for for good forever and no one understand it's your top priority. And once you come to terms with that, believe me, it all works out. As I said, you know, I know that we're doing this because it's Father's Day that's coming up. I think about two things on Father's Day. I think about my father and I think about my children. Uh, you know, and when I think about my children, when I think about my father, I think about what an honor it was to be his son. And when I think about my children, I think about what an honor it is to be their dad. Uh, and that's the God's honest truth. That's the way I look at it. And so you just have to sit down. you got to look within, and, and the rest will come. All right, and so let's go is, around the horn. Yeah, go this ahead. This is Jack. I can, I can jump in. Um, I mean, I, th- I think adding to that, I think, you know, beyond that, there are concrete things that, that you can do really to get started. I think it's about making, you know, making sure that your kids understand that it's all about them, right, that, you, that they're your priority, um, regardless of how hard you're working, how hard you have to work, that, 
that in the end it, it's all for them and, and it's about them. And I think, um, you know, that example that Teddy told before about my dad bringing back T-shirts when he was coming back from trips is, is just a great example of, of something that, you know, even when you're away, it just very clearly demonstrates to, you know, you know to a, a little kid that they're thinking about you. Um, and yeah. those little things really, really add up and make a huge difference. This is, wow. this is Teddy. I'll, I'll just add to that. I, I think, um, you know, I mean, it is about the little things like Jack said. And I also think that it's, never, it's never too late to, to start doing this. I think um, kids especially forget about things quickly. And, and, um, and I think you can, you can kind of pick up the next day and do something completely different from what you did the day before. Um, and, and I think, you know, and frankly, like my dad said, I mean, we, we need him more now than we've ever needed him. You know what I mean? So it doesn't stop, you know, after their kids. I think as we get older, um, it, you know, we need, we need our father just as much, if not more, you know. And, and, um, and so also, and I think also, you know, it's about thinking outside the box. And if there's stuff you can do that maybe you're not doing, maybe you can sit down and, and think about what, what can I actually do. I mean, is, it, is there some kind of change that I can make in my career? Is there some kind of change I can make in, in working with, with my spouse on a team? I mean, is there, you know, I think there's a lot of creative things you can do that don't hit your mind immediately that, um, you know, that, that you can find. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. Sam, do you want to jump in on this? I have one last question before we close this program out. One question. Yeah, Any comments yeah I'll add one last thing. You know, I'm obviously a young professional sort of just getting started in my career, and you know, it, it, it. I at this point think I would have a lot of difficulty just sort of balancing uh, my career and sort of having kids, which is you know what it's like getting started in your career. So it obviously sort of takes time to get to that point. Um, you know, and I think I mentioned sort of technology earlier and how that how that can distract us while we're while we are spending time with our families, but it can also kind of help while you're in the office and. And away from your families, you know, I see, yeah. I see colleagues with small kids that are sort of FaceTiming all the time with, with their kids and just, you know, being on the phone as much as possible. So even something small like that can, uh, can be a good start. That's very true. FaceTime can work wonderful. It helps. There's so many. The technology can be a great tool to connect us. It can also keep us from getting engaged. I think that's the answer. Mitch, last question goes to you, and then if you guys can do that, you mentioned several people chuckled that I, I love to see Mitch interviewing each of their son's uh, prospective spouses uh, to be or the ones that the gals he's dating. But the key comes down to this. Even when you're talking to your sons, now, real quickly, I, I didn't ask the question beforehand, how many of you are already married and how many are single? Of the, I don't know if a female wrote that. Which ones are single? So man, it may be interesting coming out of that. But, uh, Jack, Sam, Teddy, which ones of you are married and uh, which one of you are single? So this is, this is Teddy. I'll stand for all of us. So uh, none of us are married. Sam uh, is engaged. And uh, two of us are uh, have girlfriends, me and Jack. All right. So, Mitch, here's the question. This is one we're wrapping it up with. You obviously found a great life partner. What are the keys to really identifying that? What's the advice that you're giving your sons as they select their life partners? And because you obviously have found, uh, you, you, you've been very fortunate to find your wife that has just been there in such a big way. And, and Jack, I was with Jack up in uh, Jack County. You know up in up in uh, New York and he talked about your wife he says you need to understand and your wife's name is it Jill again I'm trying to remember what's your wife's name that's right that's right it's Jill, Jill. He, that's right yeah he, I, that's why that's why it's pulling on my memory and he says you have got to meet Jill sometimes she is an amazing woman so the advice to your sons or those on the radio that are young looking for so, spouses how do they so, find what you so get? that that is a great question and the answer is this you need to know each other well, and you need to know each other's values. You need to make sure that you have the same or similar values. That's what makes it work. You know, it, it doesn't work if what's really important to you in your value system, in your structure, is not important to the other person. And what was wonderful is, I, you know, I met my wife a long time ago when I was in law school and she was in college. And, uh, and, you know, it, I happen to meet someone whose values are absolutely impeccable. 
and, uh, and and that's the difference. So my advice to my sons, and it's been my advice all along to my sons, is make sure you know each other really, really well. Make sure she knows what's important to you, and make sure you know what's important to her. That is absolutely essential. It is great advice, and this has been a really wonderful conversation. We had a clunky start with the way I was doing switching things up with all the feedback that was coming in at the very beginning of the podcast, uh, but it has been really, really good. I cannot get to all the questions, and listeners, I encourage you to reach out and talk to Mitch, and uh, different ones want me to have you guys back. We have had a lot of questions come in about millennials. We come, who's going to be buying homes? So we went off into the housing market. We wanted to get, we've got comments. Someone knows you, Teddy, and wants to get some comments from you about your perspective on uh, some cases, and, there, and then also... Uh, Sam, with your background in finance, there's some great questions coming in all over the map. So I think we may be doing this again. I want to thank you, all three, all four of you, for taking time to be a part of this. Mitch is a part of it all the time, so I was just uh, adding the three new Kiter sons into the mix. It's just been a real joy. Thank you so much for being here. It's our thank pleasure. you, Dave. Great. Thank you for having us. Thank you. I know I it's been an honor. I had no idea the nerves that we're going to touch, the, the, the hearts we're going to touch. It really brought in one person says, I'm going to have to take some time and just journal and figure out what I'm going to do here. Uh, but it's really been good. Thank you so much. Fo- folks, father, family, you know, I always have been said, faith, family, and then the, everything else kind of falls below that, and that's the priorities we should all have. I want to say again a special thank you to Mitch Kider, to Sam Kider, to Teddy Kider, and Jack Kider, all uh, – from the Mitch's three sons and uh, for them taking time out of their busy life to join us. Folks, we're going to be back next week uh, to Dale Vermillion joining us, talking about what's going on in coaching, what you should be looking for in a a sales program to build sales within your organizations. Uh, Dale Vermillion will be with us. And then we've got uh, just a number of other we've got uh, we'll have coming uh, the following podcast, Jim Jump of RGMI will be talking about some things. So, Got a good lineup of guests. Be sure to come back here. It's good to be with you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy life to make this podcast a way in which you get your information. Special thank you goes out to Alice, Joe, and for uh, Sam being a part of it and everyone else who makes the podcast possible. Thank you so much. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll look forward to talking to you and being back here with you next week. This has been Lincoln on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lincoln of Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. Today's guests were Joe Farr from MBS Line, Andy Shell of Mortgage Banking Solutions, and Alice Alvey, President CMB of Mortgage U. Come by next week and thank you for listening. 